It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars on the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you each and every day everything you need to know about BYU sports. Thanks again for joining us. It's a Friday edition of the show, talking about BYU's collapse down the stretch against USF, losing control of their destiny when it comes to the second seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. We'll break that down here in this first segment, recap what happened to allow BYU to lose that game. Second segment of the show, catching up with BYU offensive line prospect, or I guess college football offensive line prospect Andrew Gentry has a lot of family connections to the BYU football program had a chance to catch up with him we'll talk BYU recruiting with him and where he stands in his recruitment in the second segment and then we'll wrap up everything else going on in the BYU athletic department in the final segment of today's show results from yesterday as well as looking ahead to the weekend for BYU sports so a lot to get to on this Friday edition of the show let's get going this is Locked on Cougars for February 22nd, 2019. You know, the outcome of the game was obviously disappointing. I thought our guys played, I thought we played really hard. I thought, thought for the most part until the last eight minutes that we played pretty smart and, you know, we were dialed in together. And then the, the last eight minutes, you know, probably is, you know, just as dysfunctional as maybe we've looked for a while. There you go. Dave Rose reacting to his team's loss, 77-71 to San Francisco last night at the Marriott Center. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Thanks for joining me. I'm your BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, covering BYU very closely and love bringing this podcast to you each and every day. That was a disappointing loss last night. BYU goes up 14 points with just about eight Eight minutes remaining in the game. The ESPN BPI or the win percentage index that they kind of show online, you can kind of track the game and it predicts how the game's going to turn out. When BYU had that 18 point lead with about eight minutes to go in that game, last I saw the win percentage uh, prediction was north of 96%, bordering on 97%, like 96.9%. BYU had no business losing that game against San Francisco. BYU loses it. They now lose control of their of they lose control of controlling their destiny when it comes to the second seed in the West Coast Conference tournament. Uh, Dave Rose talked about that last night as well in the post game, saying now we have to rely on other teams to kind of fill out the results and help us out to get that second seed because San Francisco now has four losses like BYU. They have swept the season series, so they will hold the tiebreaker head-to-head. So BYU in a tough spot now. Uh, They can't finish any worse than fourth in the West Coast Conference standings before the upcoming West Coast Conference tournament in 
in Las Vegas, so at least get a first round bye, but they would have liked to have that double bye into the semifinal, but it looks like San Francisco now has the inside track. You got to tip your cap to the Dons. They played extremely well down the stretch. Uh, they outscored BYU 28-8 to was the run that finished out the game. They win the game by six. Uh, the intentional foul call doesn't make any sense to me that they don't call it when San Francisco does exactly what BYU did. Uh, of course, San Francisco deciding we're going to foul Gavin Baxter, force him to go to the line where he's not the most reliable free throw shooter. That's a pretty big hole in his game currently. But then on the other end of the court, Nick Emery gets called for an intentional foul, which gives San Francisco the two shots, but also possession of the ball. And Dave Rose and his team very upset last last night after the game. TJ Haas said they got no explanation. Dave Rose said that two of the officials looked at him with an expression of like, yeah, we're going to explain this to you. But then they said they essentially just walked away and never explained anything. So that's kind of unacceptable if you're a BYU fan or a guy on BYU's team, one of the players or the coaches, because these officials are supposed to be able to express themselves and explain the situation. But for them just to walk away and not explain it, yeah, that's kind of unprofessional. But regardless, you got to tip your cap to San Francisco. They're a deep team. They play extremely well. Frankie Ferrari scored a career-high 23 points, added seven assists, and was just absolutely lights out. San Francisco shot well from the beyond the arc in the first half, 9 of 20, if I'm not mistaken, from beyond the arc. Their shooting percentage wasn't great. It was a full 10 uh, percentage points lower than BYU at one point, but because they were hitting threes while BYU was hitting twos, well, it was a close game. But BYU, Dave Rose in the postgame as well last night. We played 32 minutes of good basketball, and I agree. Those 32 minutes until that eight-minute mark of the second half was some of the best basketball I've seen BYU play in quite some time. They were locked in on the defensive end. They were moving the ball on offense. It was a dunk fest with Gavin Baxter and Yoli Childs in that first part of the second half. Then it fell apart. They had six turnovers and like eight possessions uh, during that stretch, giving the ball away above the arc, which is essentially you're giving a layup to the other team if you're not going to foul them. And man, just a hard, hard loss if you're a BYU fan. And it, it's it's unfortunate, plain and simple. BYU had that game won. Then they decided to go and crap the bed, to use that expression, turn the ball over multiple times. They allowed San Francisco to claw back into this game, push it under into single digits. It got closer and closer, and that big three from Rotino there gives them the lead, and they never relinquish it at that point. So if you're Dave Rose and his team, yeah, you're feeling pretty crappy this morning waking up, uh, getting back to practice. they got to make a flight up to Gonzaga to face the number two team in the country tomorrow. Uh, Gonzaga clinched the outright regular season title with their victory last night. So they're playing for whatever legacy history, whatever you want to term it, when the Zags take on the Cougars tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. The game will be televised on national TV on ESPN. I know BYU has gone up there and shocked the world before. They had the 29-0 record. Gonzaga was going for a perfect 30-0, and BYU spoiled it. it. This game tomorrow, I just don't expect BYU to win it. Gonzaga, this is the best iteration of Gonzaga I've seen, and we've seen some great iterations of the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They're number two in the country for a reason. They have been lights out all year long. They've got a great core of players, guys like Brandon Clark, who was a transfer from San Jose State. Man, 
Gonzaga looks really good. They're poised to make a deep run. I'm expecting them to be a number one seed when the NCAA tournament brackets are revealed here in a few weeks. But BYU is going to have to go into Gonzaga. And I think the best method BYU can use in this game is to go into that game just loose. Just go in there saying, guess what? Everybody's picking us to lose. Go, Let's go in. Let's play loose. We're not going to play up tight. We're expected to lose this game. Let's go in. We have a week off before our final regular season game against San Diego, a week from Saturday. Go in, and as Kalani Satake always likes to say, when BYU football has a bye week coming up, empty the tank. That's all BYU can do in this game. Go into Gonzaga, throw as many haymakers as you possibly can, hope for the best, don't expect to win, but if you somehow spring an upset, your season is magically transformed, if you ask me. I, I think that would be absolutely phenomenal. I'm just not picking BYU to win. I think they lose by double digits tomorrow. I just feel like this gut punch loss, dropping this contest to San, uh, to not San Diego, to San Francisco, and losing con- control of where you're going to end up in the seeding, because BYU wins that game last night. They hold a two-and-a-half game lead on San Francisco and all of a sudden, it's just it's a different ballpark. There are only one other team that's really in the mix, and that's St. Mary's. And St. Mary's still has to face Gonzaga as well in the regular season finale for them. So just, I don't think I can express enough how critical that loss was to BYU. They had the game won. They just fell apart. They absolutely collapsed down the stretch, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no moral victories. There's no takeaway from this. You're like, oh, well, they did. No, there's none of that. Don't send it to me. Don't hit me up on Twitter and say, well, they did this good. No, they collapsed. Plain and simple. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That was unacceptable. BYU should have had that game won. The ESPN indicators had them at a 96.9% chance of winning when they had a 14-point lead to go with eight minutes. Any team that... I I don't know. I... I don't want to come down too hard on BYU, but that was unacceptable for them to lose that game. On the flip side of the coin, yes, you do get tip your cap to San Francisco and say, hey, well, that's a gutty effort to drag yourselves back into that game. That is a deep team. San Francisco, in my mind, should be a NCAA at-large bid because they're likely not winning the West Coast Conference Tournament. I think it should be a multi-bid league this year, especially with how awful the Pac-12 has been out here in the West. Uh, the Mountain West is pretty top-heavy. I don't think they're going to get more than three bids. So if the NCAA is smart about it, they'll give San Francisco a bid because this win for them last night over BYU counts as a quadrant one win. BYU had moved inside the top 75, so it was a quadrant one win in the NCAA with that net rating and the uh, committee that makes these selections for the at-large field. San Francisco should be an NCAA tournament team, but BYU had them beat and absolutely collapsed. It's unacceptable. We'll see how they do tomorrow night. Rematch against Gonzaga, number two team in the country. Once again, 8 o'clock Mountain Time. Game will be televised nationally on ESPN, the mothership. You can catch it on the radio on the BYU Sports Network on all the local affiliates. You can check that out. But just an absolutely unacceptable loss for BYU to drop a game that they had a 14-point lead in with eight minutes remaining in a game and lose by six. Awful. Plain and simple. Just awful. All right, we'll step aside here, come back, we'll talk some BYU football. I had a chance to speak with Andrew Gentry, the offensive line prospect from Littleton, Colorado. He's got family connections to the BYU football program. How big will that play in his recruitment as he looks to make a commitment this summer? We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on Cougars. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. locked on cougars and a reminder for you guys if you're out and about driving in your vehicle you can use use your smart device in your car to listen to this podcast tell it play podcast locked on cougars and you'll have the latest and greatest in byu news right there for you i'm jay catch your host here each and every day on the podcast thanks again for joining me on this friday edition of the show i had a chance to catch up with offensive line prospect andrew gentry he plays at columbine high school there in littleton colorado older brother jt gentry is currently an offensive lineman for byu BYU, back off a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And might I say, uh, thanks for reaching out. Those of you that did and said that you appreciate me using the full name of the church. Like I said, I still struggle with intermingling the full name of the church with LDS and Mormon, but I will make a concerted effort to use the full name of the church as requested by the prophet of the church, Russell M. Nelson. So thanks to those of you who reached out on Facebook and Twitter. I do appreciate your guys' interaction. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And once again, thanks to those of you who kind of responded to that tangent yesterday. I didn't necessarily mean to go on that tangent, but I will use the name of the church as much as I possibly can and don't screw up when I'm just talking. All right. Without, with that said, let's get to it. This is my conversation with Andrew Gentry earlier this week. Great to catch up with him, talk some BYU football, also his recruitment, and what's going to play into him, his final ultimate decision where he's going to commit and when he's planning on doing so. So here you go. Andrew Gentry with myself earlier this week. This is on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Pleased to be joined now by Andrew Gentry. He is an offensive lineman from Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado. Andrew, how are you, sir? Doing well. How about you? Doing well. Okay, so you're listed at six foot eight, three hundred and ten pounds. How is that? Do you play hoops as well as well as playing football? So yeah, I played basketball for a long time. I actually am not playing this year. Um, this is the first year I haven't played, honestly, since I was about five years old. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been playing for a long time. Okay, so you being a six foot eight, three hundred and whatever pound offensive lineman, we've seen all the offers coming in for you recently. They seem to be coming week by week. We keep to see, keep seeing them come in. What have your thoughts on recruiting as a whole been so far? Right, you know, it's definitely been a fun experience. It's been a great experience to be able to learn and, and uh, meet new people, meet new coaches. Um, it's been it's been fun, like I mentioned, but at the same time, you know, it does get a little stressful when. Uh, you got like five or six coaches coming in a day, pulling you out of class and doing that. So I am excited to be able to, you know, make a decision and, um, you know, be, be able to know where I'm going. Okay, so my first question, I guess, off that is, what is your timeline for making the decision? So my goal right now is to try to commit uh, before the season. And so it's a dead period in July. So the goal would probably be to commit um, before July. Um, it's the plan right now that it's looking like. 
Okay, and of course, you having a family connection to to BYU uh, with your brother playing offensive line there. How much is he playing into this decision, or are you saying, okay, you made your decision, I'm making mine? Right, you know, he definitely is a big part of it because, you know, we are very close. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, it is, you know, you know, my decision, we've maybe made that clear that, you know, it's it's going to be something where actually like, wherever I feel the best fit and, um, if that's BYU, then it's BYU, and then if it's somewhere else, then it's somewhere else. But, you know, it, it, it definitely is a big part of the decision as we have been pretty close with our whole lives. All right. I, I, and the way I understand it is you are set on going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, regardless of where you go, correct? Correct. Yes, that's the plan. All right. And how have, uh, I guess, have have some schools been okay with it? Have all of them been been okay with it? Have some backed off of you with those plans? What has kind of been the reaction to it? Yeah, so it's it's been mixed. Uh, there have been a few schools, like Clemson, for instance, um, didn't really wasn't a huge fan of the mission. Um, Ohio State's another one that wasn't a huge fan of the mission, um, especially you know just they signed another mission kid out of Hawaii, and so it was kind of hard for them planning wise to to see how things were going. Um, but you know, most schools, especially the ones that have offered, have been great with the mission um, and have been okay with that. All right. Uh, when it comes to BYU, did you grow up a fan of the Cougars? Did you grow up a fan of another school? I know you're out there in Colorado. Were you a Buffaloes fan or anything like that growing up? Right. You know, I, I probably was. I would have to say that, you know, growing up, I was a pretty good BYU fan. You know, uh, my uncle played football there. My grandpa played football there. And then obviously my brother playing football there as well. Um, you know, I have been cheering for them for a while. But yeah, I know I really haven't had like, you know, one team that's just like the, the diehard team. But I would say probably BYU is, is, has been a, a bigger part of my life than other schools have. Very cool. Um, I guess now, so are, are you planning on doing your official visits this spring if you're going to be committing ahead of J- the July dead period? Yes, I will be taking my official visits, hitting a couple unofficial visits as well. I think coming up here in the near future, I'll try to narrow it down to about seven schools um, and kind of go from there. Do you have any? I, I guess off the top of your head, are there any that stand out to you in your mind currently? Or are you just are you any playlists close to the vest for the time being? Um, you know, yeah, right now the ones that kind of jump out to me for sure are like you know kind of the Stanford's and Notre Dame's and a few others. Um, you know, that I'll, I'll probably I think it'll honestly probably be closer to next week when I'll be able to kind of release my top seven schools and and do that. I guess I kind of asked you this question a little bit earlier. We talked about the recruiting process. When it comes to narrowing down these schools, how hard of a process is it? Because you got all these coaches coming. You said they're bring, they're pulling you out of class all the time to talk to you and whatnot, loving you up, giving you all kinds of uh, thoughts on the school that they're representing, etc. But how how tough is it to narrow it down to getting to that list of seven, five, three, or whatever schools? Right, you know, it is it is definitely a tough process because, you know, you build relationships with each one of these coaches, you know. Um, and so it does make it hard to be able to go through that. But, you know, it's, it's part of the process. You know, that's why, you know, take on official visits, um, you know, go see the schools you like, get to meet coaches that you like, um, learn different coaching styles. Um, but, yeah, it definitely is a hard decision because, you know, like I said, you do build relationships with every coach. And I guess can I find out a couple questions here with regards to BYU? Will you be giving the Cougars an official visit, or do you feel like you visited them enough with your brother being there, et cetera, that you already feel like you have enough information? Right. You know, that's the kind of the thing that I'm having a debate uh, right now. I'll definitely be out there for the spring game on an unofficial visit. Um, I don't know when their uh, official visit dates are yet. Um, you know, that is the hard part because I have been to BYU probably more than any other school. 
Um, and so I might take my other or my other officials somewhere else where I can learn about that because you know being you know only a seven hour drive from BYU, um, and you know having a brother there, I get quite a bit of information from them already. I completely understand that your brother's probably pumping you full of information, right? Telling you, hey, for this sure. you got great. Yeah, okay. Well, and I guess so. Last thing for me is you play offensive line, and of course BYU. Their offensive coordinator is Jeff Grimes. He's been a longtime offensive line coach. They recently announced the hire of Eric Mateos as the offensive line coach as well. What are your thoughts on those two gentlemen? Right. You know, I really like Coach Mateos. I've just, you know, I was talking to him last night. I've been texting him a little bit too, and. Um, you know, so far what I've been able to talk to him, I really, he seems like a great guy. Seems like he loves the game. It seems like, you know, he really knows the game really well as well. And then, you know, Coach Grimes, um, he seems like a great guy as well. He obviously knows the game very well. Been, been an SEC offensive line coach. So, you know, he's, he's been coaching, you know, high levels. And then actually we have a connection because, um, when he was coaching at CU for a short time, uh, one of the trainers I work with played for Coach Grimes. So I've been able to ask him some questions about Grimes as well. Um, so it's definitely been great to be able to, to get to know him as well. You got any dirt on Coach Grimes as a result of those conversations? No, you know, he seems like a, <laughs> he seems like a great guy. So. All right. Um, well, seems like a really great guy. Oh, that's good to hear. Well, we all, we all love Coach Grimes out here. He's one. He's one of the upstanding guys on this BYU staff. I guess last thing for me is um, when it comes to uh, finishing up all this recruiting, all all the different things that come that will be coming with this. Because you said you want to get this out of way out of the way before your senior season. When are your plans for admission? Are you planning on Bolton right after that, or are you going to wait until the summer? When when are your plans after your senior season for your mission? Right, so right now it's kind of up to the school. So I've had some schools that have wanted me to, to come and play a year first and then leave in January. So when I come back in two years, I'm back for spring ball. Um, I've had other coaches say, hey, we prefer just to have you, you know, go right out of high school um, and then come back and have all your eligibility left. So right now it's just kind of up to the school at that point. Very cool. Well, Andrew, I really appreciate you taking the time. Excited to see how everything plays out for you. We'll be tracking you here on the Locked on Cougars podcast, all right? Awesome. Sounds great. Thanks for your time. There you go, Andrew Gentry, and he's planning on making a decision before July this year. He said he's not officially going to make an official visit at this point with BYU because he says he's visited a lot. He's got an uncle and a grandfather who played for BYU, an older brother who now plays for BYU. You heard him say that, yes, his brother will play into it, but it's also his decision. He will go where he ultimately feels best. He mentioned teams like Notre Dame and also Stanford as teams being in the mix for him. He's got offers coast-to-coast, Texas A&M's in on him. I believe Alabama hopped in. And some of these schools have backed off, like Clemson, he said, was a team that backed off of him due to his mission plans. But he said that most of the schools that still have committable offers out to him are okay with him going on a mission. It just kind of just depends in their mind on when he ultimately goes on that mission. So great to catch up with Andrew Gentry. We'll do some more of these with some of the bigger prospects in the BYU recruiting class going forward. It's fun to catch up with him, hear these young men's thoughts. They're getting wooed from every angle by multiple people, but it was good to catch up with Andrew Gentry and I thank him for taking the time and we'll we'll keep it up we'll keep you updated as things kind of play out. He's planning on making official visits this spring. He's gonna be at the BYU spring game. So we'll get an update for you as things roll along here. But here's hoping that he ends up a BYU Cougar because he is an off awesome offensive lineman. Six foot eight, three hundred and ten pounds. He is a prototype. We're talking a John Tate type of player for BYU. All right, we'll step aside here, come 
come back on the other side, catch up on everything that happened yesterday in BYU sports, as well as looking ahead to the weekend in BYU sports as well. This is all coming up next on Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back as we close out today's show. I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the podcast. Please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing if you don't mind, especially if you're brand new to the podcast. If you're just turned on to what Locked On Cougars is, your daily source of BYU news in podcast form, please subscribe, rate, and review. Give us that five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really does help get the word out about the podcast, help other BYU fans, etc. find this show. So thanks in advance for doing that. Uh, let's recap what happened yesterday in BYU sports. Uh, BYU baseball got a win in their first game in Corpus Christi. Uh, they beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi 6-2. They had a two-out rally in the seventh inning that scored four runs to give BYU the victory. So congratulations to BYU. They're now 3-2 and two on the year. They will be back in action today when they take on Ohio State. That game is scheduled for 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, the Buckeyes are 4-0 on the season at Whataburger Field is where the game will be played. I believe there's links to stats, etc. on BYUCougars.com. Yes, there is, so go and check that out there. Men's golf is off to a great start in Hawaii. Peter Quest shot a uh, minus 6, 6 under, 66 to start his tournament tied for first. Led BYU to a first place. Led BYU to a first place finish after the first day of the tournament. Rhett Rasmussen also shot two under to tie for ninth. Chad Hardy and Carson Lundell sit at even par. BYU is a team minus eight. One stroke ahead of Texas A&M entering the second round today. So best of luck to the BYU golf teams. They look to close out things this weekend. They've got rounds today and tomorrow as the tournament plays out. But looks like BYU men's golf uh, showing really well. And Quest named to that Hogan Trophy Award watch list last week for good reason it appears. Wanted to also mention TJ Hawes, BYU star uh, guard, was named Academic All-District 8 yesterday. He was previously named All-Academic Team for WCC for the second year in a row, so congratulations to him. It's officially called the Google Cloud Academic All-District 8 Team. Once again, congratulations to him. It makes up eight states in the western region of the United States. Alaska, Arizona, California, Hawaii, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, and Washington. So congratulations, TJ Hawes, another academic honor. He's going through the business program at BYU, and that's not an easy thing to do. One final result to get to real quick before we run down the schedule this weekend is that BYU softball split their first two games at the Mary Nutter Classic Thursday afternoon at the Big League Dreams Complex in Cathedral City, California. Uh, they started things off with an extra innings loss 5-4 to four to Nebraska, and then followed that up with a 7-3 to three win over Missouri. So now 5-5 five and five 
five on the year. Uh, BYU will be back in action today with two games. They'll take on Nebraska once again at 1.30 Mountain Time. Then they'll face number four ranked Oklahoma at 4.30 Mountain Time. Both games are being played there in Cathedral City. You can see them streamed live on Flow Softball online. Live stats are also available on the BYU schedule page. So best of luck to the women's softball team. Other sports in action, men's and women's swimming and diving teams continue with the MPSF Swimming and Diving Championships in Southern California. Best of luck to them as they look to close things out. Those run through tomorrow. They started Wednesday, so it's been a long week for the men's and women's swimming and diving teams. I'll have a full recap for you on Monday's podcast. I mentioned men's golf continues with their action today. Uh, we'll be recapping that for you on Monday's podcast. Hopefully they'll hold on to that first place spot and win that tournament. be awesome to see that. Uh, men's men's and women's track and field are going to be up in Seattle. They're competing in the MPSF Indoor Track and Field Championships. Those start today, run through tomorrow. You can catch them online with at Flow Track. You can go on BYUCougars.com, get a link to the live streams there. It's, a, it's in Seattle, Washington at the Dempsey Indoor Track Arena. Best of luck to the men's and women's swimming and, uh, not swimming and diving, track and field teams as they look to bring home some indoor track and field titles before they start the outdoor season in mass here in a week or so. I mentioned that women's softball is going to be in action. We'll be rooting for them to see how they do against, oh sorry, against Northwestern and also number four Oklahoma today. Uh, men's baseball in action against Ohio State. That'll be live video stream on BYUCougars.com. Also streamed on BYU Radio or over the air on BYU Radio. Women's tennis is in action in Pullman, Washington today at 1 o'clock Mountain Time, taking on Washington State. Best of luck to them in that. Men's tennis also in action. They have back-to-back matches at home this weekend. They host Air Force tonight at 5.30 Mountain Time. The number 27 ranked BYU Cougars looking to pick up another win. You have a live stream as well on the BYU Cougars website. You can go and watch that there. BYU Baseball wrap-up play in uh, Corpus Christi tomorrow with a game against Oral Roberts. That's scheduled for 2 o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow. There's live video streams and the BYU Radio Network will have that for you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Women's Gymnastics is in action tonight at Southern Utah. Uh, Cedar City they'll be competing at Centrum Arena at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. There's also a video stream for that and you can find that at BYU cougars.com and then finally a reminder for you guys the men's uh basketball is in action tomorrow against gonzaga it's eight o'clock mountain time espn big time opportunity for byu i expect them to struggle though Gonzaga is ranked number two in the country for a reason. And also women's basketball will be in action tomorrow against San Diego at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. If you want to catch the women Lady Cougars in action, should be an opportunity for them to continue to bolster their position when it comes to getting ready for the West Coast Conference Tournament. All right, long podcast, but thanks again for joining me. Hopefully that runs down everything where you can find BYU teams in action this weekend. Get out and support the Cougars. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully you have some big plans, a lot going on. If you don't have any plans tomorrow, go out and watch the Salt Lake Stallions. They have their home opener tomorrow at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Five former Cougars on the roster. They're looking for their first win of the year. It is their first home game. They're taking on the Arizona Hot Shots. That game's scheduled for 1 o'clock Mountain Time, so it's in the afternoon if you want to get out and watch that you can get online and get tickets to that game there all right have a great weekend once again thanks for supporting the podcast as always we will catch you guys on monday with a full recap of what happens in byu sports 
I appreciate you guys' continued support of this podcast and have a great weekend once again. I'm Jay Catch, and this has been Locked on Cougars for February 22nd, 2019. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.